The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. laughing fits uh i am mike your ho- your co-host your host for the show is zoe and this is wait what what'd you say sorry i wasn't listening. just just introduce the show <laughs> just go what's the name of the show adventures and geek they're too big we usually don't have this many um technical difficulties Wow. I this is my first podcast, so it all looks great from here. Oh, awesome. And we, even though we've been doing this since September 2020, we don't have that many episodes out because school. it's school. And you know, right. I don't want to push her and get her discouraged from uh, not wanting to do a show. So, so we'll yeah. do it on her when she's ready to do shows. So Wow, I'm honored. <laughs> so this is uh, Adventures in Geek. Well, yeah, you would think they would know that if they were listening to it. But still introduce the show. And, and who was the voice we just heard? That wasn't mine, wasn't yours. Oh my gosh, my mind is totally out of blank, even though I can see the name on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> you are in right rare now. form today. <laughs> I cannot um, read that right now. He is the author of the book. I, I say author, but... Since it's also a graphic novel, could be writer. Comics, you have writers. Novels, you have authors. Yeah. But author, writer of the book, Order of the Night, Jay, The Forest Beacons, this book one. There's going to be three books? I have three. At least okay. three. At, At least, least three. three. And that voice you just heard is John Schnapp. Yep. Okay. We Thank finally got one me. right. <laughs> so how are you doing? I'm doing very well. We're 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 hanging in here. I have a I have a I have a four month old baby here at home, so oh. we're we're quite exhausted from you know doing all the late night things and baby twenty four seven. But it's been it's been a blast. Been there, done that. Yeah. Twelve years later, <laughs> there is hope. There you're, is. <laughs> you're, you're, you're past the work stage. Now it's the fun stage. We're, we're, we're getting through that. Well, you know, it was, everything was kind of, you know, plateauing and, and turning into the fun stage. And then my wife broke her wrist oh, and no. that made it very hard for her to, you know, pick him up, yeah. you know, yeah. do all that stuff. So it kind of, it kind of has, you know, progressed a little longer that work stage, but it's, it's still fun. You know, he's lots of smiles and lots of giggles and, and, you know, lots of diaper changes too. So well, the, um, the first two months is all work. After the first two months, becomes, that's when the fun begins. It's still work, but more becomes more fun than work. A little fun work. You see, yep. I was yeah. the person they were working for, so I can't say anything. <laughs> so, you can say how hard you made them work. There is that. Yeah. Yeah. I that's, mean, I wasn't, that's why I have gray hair. Actually, no, it's just old. <laughs> it's just because you're old. Anyway. Define old. Not a kid. You don't have to tell me. 
Barry? You'd have to say your age, but I mean, I'm in my 40s, so I feel old. Uh, early 50s. That, okay, so I'm not as old. <laughs> sure. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm newly old. Hey, or, I, when I was little, I told my parents that they were old and my grandparents were ancient. So. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the book. Sure. So Order of the Night Jay, uh, The Forest Beckons is the first book of of this hopeful trilogy. Um, it is a summer camp book. So it's about these characters. They're all animal characters. Um, the main character is named Frank, and he's on his way to summer camp, and he meets a friend along the way. He's feeling very outcast. He's the only kind of large animal in this whole camp filled with smaller animals. He's a bear, and he's surrounded by raccoons and squirrels and foxes and beavers and, and other small animals. You kind of give him the they give him the side eye. They don't, they don't trust him. They don't feel good about having this bear here. Um, but Frank meets... Uh, a friend on the bus ride over, they bond over this comic book that they love to read, uh, the the delightful Mega Bunny comic that they read, the quote girly comic. And even <laughs> though everybody everybody teases them about their their love of these comics, they bond over it and they become kind of unlikely friends. Uh, Frank is very shy and timid and not sure about himself, especially because he feels like such an outsider. And then Ricky is this raccoon who's completely oblivious to the world around him, it seems. And he is just filled with vim and vigor and just loves life and is easily distracted. And as part of their adventures, they go out to do some merit badges and some of the counselors play pranks on them and send them way off course into the woods where they can get horribly lost. And there they find a secret cave with some hidden messages, hidden secret messages written on it. And it's kind of a mystery story. It's kind of a... Um, uh, a sensitive story. There's silliness here. I I, I kind of put a lot of stuff into it. Did you say that's accurate? Is that good reading? Yeah. Did I tell my own story good? Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't read as much of it because he's been everywhere, but I actually got to read it and I really enjoyed it. You enjoyed it? That's yeah. awesome. Thank it was really good. Thank um, you. I. It's my first ever book that I've ever written and gotten published. And so, you know, it's a little scary. You know, you're putting yourself out there and there's bad reviews and good reviews. And it's 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 kind of a scary thing to do as exciting and as awesome and as lucky as I have been to, to get to do it. Now, I, I can I'm curious um, because, you know, I wrote it. I'm a boy. And I grew up as a boy. And so I kind of wrote it from a boy's perspective, you know, bullies and scouts. And and even though I don't really, you know, you know, make it about boys specifically, I didn't write it as a boy's book. Like, did you find like it was it was it worked for you? Yeah. You know, despite that, what 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 kind of things from your perspective like worked? I mean, like I I can be very timid. So like I kind of was able to relate to Frank. With, like yeah. he was scared and he was sort of an outcast compared to everybody because like for me when I was in like when I was like younger in elementary um sometimes boys would pick on me for liking Star Wars and Marvel so yeah. I would like say like girls can like it too like blah 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 so it's like when we saw that Frank and Ricky were liking a girl's comic or a comic that yeah. would more draw attention to girls that was kind of something relatable for me so oh, like good. that was cool to see in the book that like boys were liking something that girls were liking and like vice versa 
Yeah, and you know, like I, I, I know you guys tend to focus a, a lot on the really geeky topics. I never really considered myself too much of a geek. You know, I liked Star Wars and Star Trek and things like that, but I never really got really deep into fandoms. But I always felt like you know that kind of an outsider, regardless, because I grew up in a school where everybody was just into football, and I did not really care for football. You know, you all had to have like the fancy football jackets with the logos of the teams and everything, and I just I. I didn't grow up on sports. It wasn't something that grabbed me. So I felt like the outsider for just, I wanted to draw and I wanted to doodle and I, I didn't get along with everybody else. So I'm glad that it works for both sides. So age target age range is roughly Zoe's age, right? Uh, how old are you, Zoe? I'm 12 turning 13 in November. Oh, excellent. You're going to be a teenager soon. Oh, that's going to be so exciting. <laughs> uh, yep, it's considered a middle grade novel. So I think 8 to 12-ish, you know, with some wiggle room there is is probably about right. Okay. There's some very grown-up things, I think, in the book that might be too too old for an 8-year-old. But I'll find out when I have an 8-year-old. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. So you have a bunch of questions. Yeah. Um... I'm ready. My biggest question was, so in the book, Frank's writing these letters to his dad saying, like, he wants to come home. He doesn't like it here. Like, how come Frank's dad, like, never even, like, writes, well, we don't know in the book that he wrote a letter back. Or, like, how come you don't see his dad, like, trying to pick him up or anything because he might be scared for his kid that, like, he's getting bullied or all these things? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, you know, I wrote this in a lot of ways from the perspective of being a son, you know, from going to summer camps and things like that and being miserable and not feeling like people were there to listen to me. Um, I think Frank, maybe he gets letters back, but he's more, we're more invested in his point of view, his experience. And I, my theory is Frank's dad sent him there to kind of learn and to grow. And he doesn't want to just pick his son up because Hey, you're there to learn, to grow. You know, I want I want the best for you, and maybe you need to be pushed out of your comfort zone a little bit. Okay. It's hard, you know, when you're yeah. when you're young and you don't understand those things, you don't understand the perspective of an adult that maybe maybe this would be really good for you to go and meet new people and get new experiences, and you're just like, no, I don't I don't want to do that. I want to I want to stay where I'm at, and I want to I want to learn only you know uh, do the things that I want to do. You know, I only want to play. You know, whatever games I want to play, I don't want to see anything else. Okay, that answers my <laughs> question. Do you have any yeah. questions yet? Going. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> you got quite a few. I only have seven. I'm, I'm all about That's it. quite a few. <laughs> um, let's see. So in the books, like I'm, this isn't like calculations or anything, but in like every other chapter or whatever. There was the meet the tail feathers where like you would meet Lewis, Bud, Charlie uh -huh. in the first. Those were the first three. Mm -hmm. um, do you plan to continue those like with the other characters in the book if you get to make the other two or however Ab many? Absolutely. I'm already knee deep in writing out book two, you know, a little bit more than halfway. It's a it's a really long process to write a graphic novel because yeah. you have to write the words and you have to write the art, draw the art and, you know, sketch it out before you do it for real. So I totally plan to continue that and hopefully do all the other characters because I think that's really 
it's hard to, you know, pack in all that story about all the different characters' perspectives all at once in that story. And I, I like having those little vignettes. Was there one that you liked the best? Personally, I like Charlie's The Turtle because it was like very like he was always being complained about for being slow. But it's like yep. he's a turtle. He can't really control it. So it's right. like you're learning that he's like trying to do this stuff, but it's taking him a while because he's just naturally slow. Absolutely. And then but then he's at the same time, he loves being slow. You know, that's that's what he's there. He he's like relishes the moment and he enjoys being slow. Who cares if if he misses the basketball or if he's a year late to, to class or whatever? You know, that's he, he's celebrating himself. And I think that's that's important. Do you have any questions yet or do you still want me to keep going? Keep going. OK, keep going. I'm going to run out of questions before you even say one. It's OK. Um. Um, so what happens when you're the host? So at the end of the book, there's the whole page, chapter pages about the cave, and there's this giant like skeleton dog monster coming out. Oh, you're giving away the ending. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. That's not the right one. Play the Spoiler right one. Spoiler alert. Um, but there's the whole cave scene. And the giant skeleton dog looking thing comes out. If you were from a reader's perspective, like if you didn't know what was going to happen, if you weren't the author writer, what would you think that was? Like, what do you think the cave part was going to come to? Like, how did I say this? What do you Mm -hmm. think would be the solution to them getting chased by this giant skeleton creature? Like, like what's going to happen in the next book? Or like, if you were just a reader, like, what would you think was going to happen if you weren't, if you didn't know what was oh, going to happen? That's not a fair question because he wrote the book, so he knows what's going to happen next. <laughs> but it's like, if you didn't know what was going to happen, like, the second book you weren't writing. Well, let's turn it around. What, what do you think is going to happen? I personally think it's just going to be a figment of their imagination because they want to find something so cool and so unique. Yeah. And they, it's sort of like if it was from Ricky's perspective, he definitely wants to be chased by something. He wants to find something. But like from Frank's perspective, he's like, I probably shouldn't even even come out here in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, that's personally my um, theory. It's like, it's just a figment. And, like, they'll run back to the tents, the campground, and they'll be like, wait, it's not behind us anymore. Like, what, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great theory. That's as good as any other theory. Maybe, what's, will you help me write book two? <laughs> sure. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I already, I already have figured out what's happening next. It's, it's actually been really interesting. You know, this is a hard question because um, – when I first approached Top Shelf, you know, the publisher, I had one book in mind. I was going to write just one book, and I had the whole story planned out from start to finish. You know, I had a whole outline. I had a whole bunch of pages done. And then when I started talking with Top Shelf, the editor there, um, Chris, he said, this is great, but you really got to break it up because this is going to be one really long book. It was going to be like three or 400 pages. It was wow. at the rate I was going, it was, was going to be a long book. And to me, it's like, yeah, I want to get this whole story out. I want to get it out of my system. But what happens is like, once I broke it up, well, then I got to figure out, man, how do I, how do I leave this on a note? That's really going to 
make the reader want to read book two. And that's when things start changing because then it's like, huh, what if I did this? And it becomes like a kind of play, you know, like I, I and for like, me, this whole writing, the whole writing process is about just playing, you know, with ideas and characters. And I'm going to put these characters together and see what happens and, and see what situations come out of it. And I let the characters kind of tell me what they want to do. And so the whole story is like changed and grown and morphed, you know, over the past couple of years that I've been working on it just from breaking it up and, and letting it do what it wants to do. So I'm what were you going to say, Zoe? I was going to say, so there's like an endless amount of possibilities that you could be doing with all these characters and all these like theories. Yeah. And, and I think like part of the fun of this is being able to figure out what stories the characters want to tell. You know, that's why I have like, there's the mega bunny comics, you know, those are some stories that the characters are reading, but also Frank is drawing his own comics about like what he thinks is going on, like his perspective as, you know, his like, made up alter ego super bear where he's the superhero and so it's i think it's all about like the stories that we tell each other the stories that we tell ourselves about like what's really happening in our lives and then the story of what's actually going on that we might never really understand so in book three there'll be a character named zoe who podcasts at the camp about camp or urban legends don't do that because then he's he's gonna complain that i have another character (laughs) and he only has a one-eyed green basketball what (laughs) (laughs) so he has this whole thing and when like we'll be watching a show and there'll be a character and its name will be zoe and he's like looky there you have another character you have a muppet you have a star wars character and i'm stuck with a green basketball a one-eyed green basketball, which he's talking about Mike Wazowski. And it's like, well, it's not my fault. You chose to name me. It's like you chose to name me Zoe. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I was originally going to include a, a character named Zoe who was podcasting. And then, and then she got written out. But maybe she'll come back in. You know, I, I, I love putting secrets into the book. Like, that's one of the joys that I get, actually, is, is you know, making little things here and there. Like, I, I kind of want to put together, like, a lost and, or not a lost and found, scavenger hunt. That's oh. the word. Of just different pictures and things that are in the book. Because there's Bigfoots in the book somewhere. There's a, a cow getting abducted by aliens in the book somewhere. Just little, little drawings here and there. And maybe there can be, maybe there can be a, a, a little girl named Zoe podcasting in the book somewhere. That would it's be fun. Like, it would be cool at like the end of book three. And it's like the very last page. And it's like, go back and see if you found these things in the books. Yep. Cause like, I remember like we would have, when I was at uh, like pre kindergarten school called Primrose, we would have mm-hmm. like Santa's scavenger hunts at Christmas. Like they would have one of their staff members dress up as Santa for pictures and everything. And then in the back, the backyard area where there was this giant playground, they would like, they would put like stickers and like objects and we would have to find them. And whoever found all of them would get a prize. And it's like, there would be a bucket of stickers. That was one thing. And you would take one. So it's like, you got to keep these things too. Well, I have a, Star Wars maze book, and at the end, uh, the creator of the maze book had mm-hmm. all these different Easter eggs, and he put in the very back, did you find all these characters mm-hmm. that are hidden within the mazes? That's a good idea. I might have to do that. 
might have to take you up on that. So continue. So he's going to end up in the acknowledgments page. <laughs> um, let's see. Did you like? Did you like some of the activities? Did you find like? Because I tried to make the book a little interactive. Like you could actually yeah. learn stuff like, while reading the book. Did you like try and like try and tie that knot? Or, I tried to do like, the the one where they were at the eighty two pacer mark and yeah. the cave. I tried doing that one, but I'm like after the school year of math, I'm like simple <laughs> things look so hard to me now because I was in accelerated oh. math so I was doing 6th yeah. and 8th grade math all in one year so I'm oh. like wait do you do it this way this way this way or this way I'm like there's three ways I could do this but how honestly I don't think I ever figured it out that's okay don't do homework outside <laughs> of school are you talking about the bowline not no um on the pdf there's this page and it was right before it's when um, I put like an actual compass. Course. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. For the books, like orientation. Yeah. 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 So it's like, how did how did Ricky and Frank get to the cave? You know, because uh, with a little compass and stuff. Because it was yeah. like so Jake and Spud like put a magnet under their compass so they would go the wrong way and get another person's flag. And that's how they ended up finding the cave. I don't think you got that far into the book. <laughs> no, but but I understand what what happens with that. Having been in scouts myself and having yep. done orientation and the knot tying, whatnot, I, I can relate I, to a lot of the stuff that I was seeing in the. How far did you get into scouts? I Eagle Scout was so with bronze palm. Fantastic. I, I made it to, I think, life okay. and then then just got our, you know, our, our troop was a lot of fun, but we played a lot of pranks. We were we were the troop that nobody else liked to have around because we just, you know, we would put Vaseline on doorknobs and, and things like that, you know, just in the middle of the night. Um, I remember trying an orientation, you know, orienteering one course once and we ended up in some random person's cabin in the middle of the woods and we were like what are we supposed to do here this is where it took us and we just we were just way off course you know it always seems easy and then you start to do it and then you get horribly lost yeah it it was challenging once once i got it down pat which it didn't take me longer to pick up because i i've always loved um like family trips i always did map reading Mm -hmm. so um orientation wasn't that bad it was just trying to remember okay with where we're at here's the coordinate or here's the mm-hmm. the degrees we're supposed to be heading towards yeah but if but if it's not matching the landmark how do we adjust and correct course and everything else right uh and then what really became fun is when we got our orientation directions on topographical maps that shows all the elevations and that a lot of people found that harder I'm like no this is easier because if it says we're supposed to be going down into a valley and we're going up a hill we're in the wrong spot altogether (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we ever quite got that far we were not we were we were we were beginner orienteering I, I we, we could barely to. put the, the man in the house or whatever it was, you know, on that compass. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But know yeah, scouting was a big part of this, of, of you know, just drawing. Did, Zoe, did you do Girl Scouts or anything like that? No. Of course, I know it's all just kind of scouts now, right? Or No, they still have Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, but now they have Cub Scouts where it's both. Well, Boy Scouts is both, yeah. too. It's, it's yeah. now just Scouts of America. Yeah, but... 
like when, so they would do these things at school to where they would say, come be a Cub Scout, come be a Girl Scout. I'm like, I don't have time for this <laughs> because <laughs> I do, I do dance. So it's like two nights of the week. I'm at dance classes. And of course, every two nights of the week that I had to do something there, I was at dance. Mm-hmm. So like with elementary, I, since it got out earlier, I would be in like every club possible that I enjoyed doing. But now all my friends are like, you didn't join a single club last year in middle school. I'm like, I just didn't have the time for it. It's like, yeah. I'll try to if I do have the time for it. But they were just like, you used to do all this stuff. And it's like, now you're doing nothing. And I'm like, it's hard. It's there's, there's a lot of expectations, I feel like, you know, for for people growing up, like you got to do this, you got to do that. And, and we forget about just having fun. You got more questions? Yeah. Um, with Jake and Spud, like how they're doing all these like pranks on Ricky and Frank, like, do you think they're purposely doing it to make them better? Or do you think like maybe they found the cape too and they want them to find it out and solve the puzzle or like that there's so more we have to learn about the two characters? There's definitely more to learn, you know, about all the characters and, and Jake and Spud, I think are, it's it's weird to write you know mean characters because I I grew up you know with bullies and and getting picked on and things like that and is that something you you've experienced Zoe? Not really because I would talk back to them and they would not <laughs> talk to me again. Good for you. It's like good for you. They didn't r- really teach me this, but I sort of got it from them. They're like, if someone hits you, you hit them back. Like. I wouldn't do it as hard as they did, but I would like maybe like if they hit me like that, I would maybe go like push them or something. It's like I would never get in trouble for it, but it's like it's like stop it. And they would never like talk to me or touch me again. Yeah, I mean, I that's fabulous because I did not I did not have that gumption when I was growing up. You know, I I kind of let people walk all over me. I was much, you know, I was very much the Frank, you know, growing up. Like that was me just very timid and very shy. And it's taken me a long time to kind of embrace my inner Ricky, outer Ricky. I, 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 I don't know. I'm saying outer Ricky makes me think I dress up like a raccoon on the side. I do not do that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, I think Jake and Spud are definitely I don't think they're that smart. You know, they're 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 more conniving. They are in it for themselves and for very selfish things. You know, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to have their moment in books two and three for sure. But at the start, they're just there to cause trouble. Yeah. Cause they think it's fun. Cause they think, Oh, he's a bear, but he's not almighty and like trying to hurt us or anything. Like yeah. we can pull a few pranks on them. Yeah. He's a pushover. We can do what we want. You know, like that, I, the, the Frank, looks scary like you know uh, there's that moment where where jake approaches him and and tries to like get him to join with jake and spud like join us you know you've got you've got potential i can see it yeah you're you're gonna be a tough bear and then he realizes oh he's not a tough bear he's he's timid and he's shy and he's sensitive and he's unsure of himself so and we don't want him with us he's just a pushover but we can have our we can have fun with him we can do things Uh, Next question. Okay. Um, what made you What made you gravitate towards animals instead of humans, even though they're in, like, human situations? Because, like, mm-hmm. if they're on the trail, like, 
I don't know if this is true or not. This is literally literally me going off of nothing. In the yeah. handbook, they could be looking for like squirrels and all these other animals. But it's like if they are these animals, like how did you? <laughs> it's like <laughs> like with Edna. It's like in your handbooks, you must find a squirrel. They're literally gonna turn around to Edna and say, "You're right there, squirrel. You're right there." You know, that's a that's a really good point. I think I think you. You found the flaw in the whole story, and the whole plot's going to come unraveled. Um, I I have been doing like so. I got my start. I'm not a comic artist actually by like uh, uh, education. I'm actually really new to like drawing comics and making making graphic novels. So um, I am actually coming to this from like photography was my was my background, and then I. After I graduated college, you know, way back when, you know, everything went digital. I actually learned like how to like use all the chemicals and everything. Everything went digital, and I said, ah, I don't, I don't really want to relearn all this. And so I ended up doing other stuff anyway. And I went off and I did collage and I did painting. And painting is what actually brought me to this. I started just painting comic characters just for fun. Like I've got a chicken, chicken dressed up like an astronaut or, you know, robots eating pancakes. You know, it's just fun stuff. Do some arts and craft shows and show my work and just, you know, get some positive feedback from people who just enjoy seeing silly, fun, colorful things. Um, but like, the more I did these paintings of just these characters, the more I started to see stories of these characters, even, even though they're animals. And you know, I started to see, you know, I guess you'd say metaphors, you know, behind the animals. So like the chicken who's going off to space, you know, we call somebody chicken because they're a coward. But going off into space is not something that a coward would do. That's like a really scary, brave thing that this kind of symbol of coward, cowardice Cowardice, coward, cowardiceness, cowardliness. You know I what have I'm no saying? Clue. Yeah. I have yeah, it's no okay. clue I'm what the word is. My, I'm stumbling over my own thoughts. Um, so edit all this out. Just truncate it all. This. Does that? Do you guys do that? <laughs> oh. Do you do that here? Oh we, no, we, we leave it raw. Oh no, I'm gonna have to. Okay, let me. Look, can we start? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> it's okay, fine. We've okay. had way worse. Like we've had a whole nerf attack on the show. Really? Like, oh, I don't remember. He said something, and we were interviewing someone from the Star Wars universe, and he said something, and it made me mad or whatever. So I take my Nerf gun, and I just full-on <laughs> go firing on him with the Nerf gun. <laughs> and it's like, on the show, you can literally hear them. Like, you can hear the darts being fired, and our guest said, in this segment, you are hearing ner- Nerf shots being fired at Mike. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I no one was that episode. But it was I'll like, go back and look for it. It's like no one was hurt in the making of this nerf blowout. <laughs> nerf blowout. <laughs> you know, I have, I have, I have a baby, so the term blowout means something a little different. But yes, it does. Uh, yes, it does. Let me guess: poop explosion. Oh boy! Yep. Oh boy! She said it. <laughs> um, we've had a good, good number of those lately. Um, uh, long story short. Animals, I think, are fun to draw, and I liked the idea that they all symbolize something. You know, you could say, like, Frank, especially with Frank, where he's so big and he's supposed to be kind of so scary. You know, he's a bear, but he's so small on the inside. He feels so timid and small on the inside. You know, to me, that says a lot about that character that you might not get if he was just, you know, a person. 
If he was just, if they all, if all the characters were humans, you know, you might be able to still draw them big, but you might not get that same, that same feeling. Um, so it's kind of like I, the cowardly lion in the Wizard of Oz. Like he's this yeah. big, mighty lion, but on the inside, he's like Frank. He's very shy and timid. You know, I'm just, I was, I'm actually just reading the, I just finished reading the first book. Not that my, not that our new son was at all interested in hearing about Dorothy or anything, but we just read that whole book. That is, that is a very dark book. There's some yeah. very weird. Have you read it? I, so, I've i gotten the book, but I have not had a chance to read it mainly because I misplaced it. <laughs> so it is somewhere in the house where I do not know. Cause like behind us, there's this mess because we got new floors. So we're like putting everything back still. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. And, and like, like with the, with the Tin Man and all that, he, he complains he doesn't have a heart, but he's so sensitive and he won't step on any insects or anything. You know, all that happens throughout the book, that kind of, you know, contrast of, oh, I don't feel like I actually am, you know, is, is yeah. something I've struggled and grown with over the years. And I really hoped I could, you know, I didn't set out to write a book about myself. But it kind of just happens, you know, like the more you just write and the more you draw, the more these things just kind of come out regardless. And it kind of just sorts back and it all like varies back to you and like your childhood and everything. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I I feel a little self self self-absorbed by saying that. But, you know, all the characters are some way about me or some way reflect me. And I, you know, I I'm just so, you know, thrilled that like Zoe, you read it and you read the book and got things out of it because that means you know the process that i went through of trying to share those things you know speaks to other people and isn't just you know me being completely self-absorbed and and focused on myself because i really wanted to write a book that like would have helped me as a kid i only have like one question left you better start making questions um (laughs) um i guess you kind of answered it but i don't know how you would answer it if i actually asked the question so i'm just gonna ask it do it and this is like my last one that i have so like on paper um why did you write most of the characters to sort of bully ricky and frank i think you know coming from the position of me feeling like an outsider you know and and full disclosure i'm white I'm male, you know, identify as male, you know, I, I technically have all the privilege, you know, that I could ever want, you know, just checking that at the door. But I felt like an outsider amongst, you know, the other kids at school and things like that. I really wanted to, I, it seemed natural to me to feel that these two characters, they're weird, they're doing their own thing, they just don't fit in. And that sets up a lot of tension, right? You know, if everybody gets along, there's not much plot going on. There's not much for them to to really do and interact with each other. You know, if if everybody was just like, eh, yeah, Frank, come on in, we'll we'll have a good time, uh, the the story would be pretty much over. Yeah, it's like there's they wouldn't get off course. They wouldn't, you know, run off in the middle of the night. There's no like rising action or falling action or right? climax. It's just kind of, you know, conflict is really important to just storytelling to, to make sure that there's something interesting going on for the reader. We came, we ate s'mores, we went home. So what inspired you to do the story now and bring it forth now? Could I'm sorry, could you, could you, um, a little more? 
what what led what events in your life led you to want to tell this story put the story out to the world now it's purely by chance you know <laughs> i it, it happened almost by accident i i had been kind of trying to write stories for a little while you know i had all these characters you know that i was painting and making you know illustrations of um i did a painting of basically ricky and frank you know they both look way different it's it's i i kind of don't want it to like see the light of day anymore because they just look so it's not terrible but it's not one of my i don't think it's one of my better paintings but i did these two characters and it kind of sparked the idea oh there's these two characters you know, what are their personalities? What goes on behind, you know, what, what led them to this point in the painting where they've, they've climbed up this mountain and, and they're looking all exhausted and, 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 and worn out. I think I've just always wanted to tell stories. Stories are just part of life. Like what we tell ourselves every day when we get up, you know, what are, what are our jobs? What do we believe in? You know, politics, unfortunately, it's, it's all stories and my own story, you know, like thing, kind of what we've been talking about, my own story has been one that I've struggled with a lot. So being able to share it at all is, you know, I don't know that there is a, a time to do it now or later. It's it's just kind of when it happens. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, like you, you can't just like make the muse happen whenever, whenever it it just happens when it happens. Did you, did you have any inspirations that got you into writing or, or being oh my an goodness. author? I, I, I feel like I wear my inspirations on my sleeve a little bit. You know, I grew up with like Tiny Toons and Animaniacs and all those afternoon cartoons yeah. where just wacky things happen. So, of course, I've got like wacky things happening in the comic, you know, where pancakes are falling on their head or stuff like that. Um then there's like you know Calvin and Hobbes and the Far Side, the comics that I yeah. read as a kid. Because I didn't actually grow up with like you know comic books. It was not a thing that I was able to like get get my hands on. It felt like this like completely foreign world of you know there's these superheroes. But how am I going to get into that? How would I ever like start reading those things? And I didn't really have you know uh, people there that would like help me get into that sort of hobby. So. Actually, I got into comics really late, only like maybe five or so years ago when I started seeing, you know, the current like rush of like comics for the younger, the younger kids. So you ever read like, like, do you read other, you've read, you've read other comics, right? Yeah. Like Helgemeier or things like, you know, authors like that? Not quite, mainly. No? Well, like we have a local comic book store. I mean, like there are other places, but it's like in our part of town. Yeah. And Literally every other week or so, I would go there and I like I have at least a hundred issues of the My Little Pony comic books in my nice. comic book box, and it's like I would just sit there and read them. And I'm it was like the My Little Pony specifically because like that was something I really liked when I was yeah. little. So it's like now they're just sitting in the box and there's like hundreds of them there, and it's like. <laughs> well, and you just started recently getting into Lumberjanes as well. Yeah, Lumberjanes. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. And That's a good one. Like I've been, I like the Spider Gwen, Miss Marvel, like a lot of the Marvel yeah. stuff. And then what else do I read? It's been a while. Uh, you were um, reading Star Wars Adventures for a while. Yeah, Star Wars Adventures. 
on Marvel Unlimited, I've been reading um, the Ewoks. Uh, and yeah. which, which goes back to when I was a kid, or when I we were kids. Ewoks. Yep. Yeah, from the uh, late 80s. But, like, there's that whole, you know, like, there's this whole spectrum of, like, different kinds of books now that I feel like weren't yeah. there when I was growing up. And that, to me, like, is really awesome that there's now room for, you know, Lumberjanes and Star Wars and Marvel and just this whole, like, spectrum of different... You don't have to be into superheroes to like comics. You can just right. read comics, and there's something out there for you. Yep. And that really sparked it for me because I was trying for a long time. I thought about doing picture books, you know, because I love art. I'm coming to it as a visual artist, you know. Let's do picture books, and I, you know, really tried hard to like get into picture books and things like that, and it just didn't grab me because the stories were just so simple. They were so, you know boiled down you can really tell super complex stories um so when i saw you know comic books graphic novels for kids for the first time ever it blew my mind that you could do that like that was completely new for me of course i'm i'm really sheltered i yeah <laughs> it's like where have you been john I, I i don't know i just didn't go to the shelf in the bookstore for a long time and now that i'm here i'm, I'm enjoying it <laughs> Um, I had a question. It's gone. That's, That's okay. I have a question, so okay. I'm just gonna oh, say yeah. it while you think. Um, like literally, like off the top of you, like if you were to write another story that wasn't, um, oh my gosh, the name of the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, if it wasn't, um, Order of the Night Jay. That. Um, <laughs> what would you write a book about? So I. I have a number of different stories that I've been kind of holding close to my chest a little bit. I'm thinking, you know, Night J is going to take a lot of my time for a while. I recently started just kind of on the side, just dabbling, just writing a little bit. Um, I don't have a title for it. I'm just writing about this character named Charlie, who's like some kind of child, you know, private detective person. She gets this weird jar of some kind of goop that's like alive and she's been asked to investigate it. Um, so there's, there's there's a story like that. I've been thinking about like, you know, a little bit more adult, like post-apocalyptic sort of stories as well. You know, I, I tend I tend to take on too many projects and then not have enough time to finish any of them. So so don't hold your breath on those. <laughs> it took me over two years to do the first comic, the first Night J book. So we'll we'll see. We'll see how long it takes for the next few. So um at time of this release the book is due out uh, within a few days and here in September. I, uh, yep. Yep. It's the, the, um, it's been a little frustrating that, you know, the, with COVID and things like that, I think there's some supply chain issues happening. Cause it was, it was, it was due for summer release. Cause like, I remember and, when, with yeah. the email we got that it said it was going to be released on the 27th or something like that. I'm like, okay, yeah. then we'll do it like the week before and it'll be easy. Yeah. And it's like, we yeah. just wait a few days to release it. But then he told me, he's like, oh yeah, we're still doing it today, but the book's not being released for like another month. <laughs> so the, so that curtain's been pulled back. We're not recording in September, but we're acting like it's been recorded in September. Oh no. It's like, this is Maybe totally... That could be cool. It's like, it's um, totally September 19th, not July 19th. There we go. Yep. We're two months in the future. I'm two months older now. Um, yeah. So 
it's a little frustrating. You know, it's just the world we live in. I'm assured that it actually exists. It's not just made up. It's not just like, you know, an idea in space. It's actually coming out somewhere. Um, did I answer the question? Was, wait, what was the question? Uh, release date. Release date. Uh, so I believe it is September. And I'm going to have to double check it now. Because it, it keeps sliding around for me a little bit. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Edit this out, please. <laughs> I mean, fire, like... Somebody fire, somebody fire a Nerf gun. Um, <laughs> don't have a Nerf gun, but I have a hula hoop. Come whack him in the head with a hula hoop. How do you fire a hula hoop? I don't know. Throw it. Um, Rocky, bark. <laughs> you can tell noise. I'm a professional. I don't, don't, have, don't have the release date and things. Okay. So, yeah, it's coming out in September. Let's just, we can say that. Uh, it's coming out in September through Top Shelf. Uh, you can pre-order it now. It'll come out at some point. I have, according to Amazon, September, September 20th. 20th. September 20th? According to Amazon. Oh, wow. And they, you were dead on. They even said it was for ages 8 to 12. Based on Amazon's, like, review, I guess? <laughs> It's like I don't know I don't know what they would call it other than like a book because it's not out yet, but <laughs> their pre order. Uh says this title will be released on September twentieth, twenty twenty two. There we go. Amazon knows all. It's like you can find anything on Amazon. Yeah. I, I, I kinda stopped looking, you know, I'm I'm embarrassed, but I kinda stopped looking after the first few dates kind of slid a little bit. It's like, okay, it's coming out this date, it's coming out that date. It's it's gonna come out, you it's know. Like, and, and, at this point, it's like, it comes out when it comes out. There's supply chain issues. Right. Yeah. It, it could be next year before it comes out, knowing the supply chain that, issues. That's okay. It gives me more time to write the next book, and then I won't feel quite the crunch, you know. Maybe we'll release all three at once. Now, how have you liked the comparison of Order of the Night J to Diary of the Whip Kid? You know, I... I'm going to embarrass myself even further. And then I haven't actually read Diary of the Wimpy Kid. It's on my, it's on my, it's on my list of things to read, but I've not done it yet. And I'm super embarrassed right now. Honestly, I like, I've only read two of the books and I read the book that came out when I was starting to read books like that. Yeah. And it, it was Diary of a Wimpy Kid getaway, which is like the 13th book. Wow. So I was over here not having a clue who the characters were or anything. And I was reading the 13th book, trying to figure out what things were. And then when we started buying the books, I instead of going forward, I ended up going backwards to like 10. Yeah. It's like I have 10, 12, 14. It's like I don't have any knowledge of the characters whatsoever from the first book. I know there's a family and they get into these random issues. That's literally all I could tell you without going to the yeah. books. So, you have any other questions? Mm, not really. Yeah, I, I, I try to read as much as I can. Um, unfortunately, it's like, you know, I've, I'm, an, I'm doing, I've, you know, I've written this book, but I have a day job. You know, I have a newborn, so it's been very hard to like do all the things that right. I need to do. So, like, I read all these books, you know, write change diapers you know okay now now the kid's wearing you know a book for a diaper because i was trying to do you know all these things at once <laughs> you know it, it is some something falls through the cracks eventually and and honestly i probably wouldn't be surprised if he accidentally used a comic book 
paper instead of baby wipe on me, I would not be surprised. I never did that. There was one night where I actually, we got up in the middle of the night to feed the baby and I tried to put my shirt on as a pair of pants. So it's not too far. I've done that. Like this, I've done that. This, this legit happened. Um, yeah. Or, or, or one night when my wife woke up and said, thank you for not going to Belize. And I said, what is happening here? I, there was Belize. Where did this even come from? She just had this dream about me going to Belize. And yeah, those midnight baby, baby feedings, they're rough. So I'm going to flip the tables. Yeah. And let you ask us a question. Oh, Whoa. We're bringing Mighty Marvel Geeks into this. <laughs> I do this on all the shows. Except this one. You've never done this on yes, this show. Yes, I have. You have. Yep. You have. So, so what are what are the rules here? Can I can I ask you anything? Should I ask you anything. about the book? Anything. 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 So I, off the top of my head, you know, I was curious, you know, because I've seen, you know, I, I've I've listened to some of your other shows, and it didn't seem like you'd done any comic creators or not too many. You know, what drew you to this book? When I got the email uh, from Top Shelf, since it's her show and they actually reached out for Adventures and Geek, uh, they also reached out to one of my other shows, Weeby Geeks. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to pass because we're we're covering it here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this was the better fit of the two shows. I I showed her the email. I said, "Is this something you're interested in covering?" Then I read the dis. I read the description and I looked at it. I'm like, this would be a book I would want to read. Like I would personally would want to read it. I would want to see what happens. It's like, there's these crazy characters in human situations. Like I want to see what happens. So I said, yeah, what date do you want? (laughs) And then we, we threw, threw some ideas back to top shelf and this is where we're at now. Interesting. Like I don't get, we're, we're, we're really pulling the curtain curtain back for people um, <laughs> on, on the ins and outs of podcasting. I've never done a podcast before. Like, is, is this, um, oh my goodness. Not every show is done like, like how we do it. We do it a little differently from traditional, like, yeah. videos and everything, literally. Well, video shows are not podcasts. Yeah, it's like we prefer video like when we have an interview because then we get to like see the person and interact with them versus just like on a phone call. But when the show releases, <laughs> obviously, as as listeners are hearing right now, it's an audio format. Only. It's not mm-hmm. picture. So it's like if anyone's hair is messed up, it's not like the whole world's going to see your someone's crazy hair. It's like, <laughs> but you don't want to see my crazy hair. <laughs> um. So so what is. Because I don't, I, I still struggle sometimes with the idea of, of being a geek or, or or relating, you know, to that kind of culture, you know, Star Wars, you know, Marvel. Like, like, does this does this book qualify as, as being geeky? I think like, so. Where does yeah. where does it fit in for you guys? Like, like, uh, like comics. How would gra- you define geekiness? Uh, it's comics, graphic novel. You know, with it being a comic or graphic novel, it, it fits in with with those who are fans of of comics in general. Mm-hmm. Or even, um, as I see it as a father, you know, this would be an ideal book for, for a child who wants to get into, expand from comics into a graphic novel. This would be an ideal book, I think, to expand into a graphic novel with you know, the, for that so, age so, range because it, yeah. it, 
it's, it's an easy read for them. And it's something they can relate to and keep their interest. So to change, change topic a little bit and pardon me if I'm, you know, dwelling on my own work here, but like one of the things that came up for me, like writing this book, you know, especially like with the, you know, the, the meet the tail feathers, the little, little side, side bits is a lot of like father, son, you know, dynamics, you know, this is, this is, this is the scout and this is who their family is. This is how their dad is. This is how they relate to their dad. You know, Mike, how did, how did you feel about that? And, and Zoe, like, from your perspective, I guess, like, you know, are these poignant? Does, does any speak to you? I, I, I think I think it does, because that, that was part of how the show came about. Originally, yeah. it was, uh, we call it a, a daughter-father journey through our fandoms. Yeah. And, and that I think that's what makes you a geek, is um, I don't like using the word nerd, because nerd, to me, yeah. is more different connotation. Like, yeah. um, book smart it, passes every test. Yeah. Whereas geek, I mean, you have football, you know, you have your sports geeks, your jocks. Right. Um, they're geeks. They're passionate about football or they're passionate about their team. That could be a, a geekdom because it's a fandom. Um, I never thought about it that way, I guess. It's yeah. funny. So, so it, it, it's, it's a couple of times that I, I've talked to people, oh, I can't, oh, you're a geek. I can't, I'll never be a geek. Like, you like football? Yeah. Who's your favorite team? Oh, I'm a big Bucks fan. Well, you're a, you're a football geek. You're you're a Bucks geek. What do you mean? Oh no no I'm not geek. How passionate are you about the Bucks? Uh, being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, since that's close to where we're at. Oh, love them. I have jerseys, t-shirts. You're a geek. I like it's funny. I'll be at. Uh. uh <laughs> okay. Never thought. Exactly. I'm not calling you a nerd. I'm calling you a geek. You have a passion for a fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we did. And then, but there are sometimes with the show, it's also her and her best friend just getting together and just talking about whatever they want to talk about. Because, like, if you actually go in, so and it, listen- it's it's her show. It's like you, <laughs> it's like if you actually like if you actually have the time and like go into our other episodes, like our very first episode, yep. like the story behind it or whatever, is. I was literally, I was having a sleepover with my two best friends and my dad woke up and said, Hey, do you want to f- do the first episode of our podcast? It's like, if you want your friends to join, you can. Yeah, I don't care. You want, you want to do the first episode? I'm like, sure. I'm like, Reagan, Jordan, the name of my friends. Do you, any of you two want to do it with me? It's like, I, you're welcome to join in. If not, you can go eat donut holes all you want. And <laughs> my friend Reagan came on the show. It's like, my friend Jordan was a little shy it took me a while to get her on the show. Took, and then mm-hmm. like me and my friend Jordan, we do Sunday dinners within the two houses. And when we're at our house, like when we're here, sometimes we'll be like, "We're bored. Do you want to do an episode of AIG?" We're like, "Sure." We can literally just talk, and we're just recording our conversation. It's like nothing, mm-hmm. not a big deal. That's awesome. So yeah. Uh, so to me, I think the um, the tail feather segments. It's kind of that same thing. It's, um, you know, father-son or father-child uh, coaching or not, not coaching, uh, sharing a common experience. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I think that shows um, in a positive light how, how a parent should be. Because mm-hmm. I try and be very active in, in the stuff that she's involved with. 
because uh, I actually want to be I want to be involved. I want to I want to know what's going on. But I also know too. Uh, I also know too. Yeah, I also know too when to just sit back and observe for from a distance and just let her do her thing and and not be like a, a stage mom or, or a stage dad or a dance dad and yeah be all up and oh no you got to do it like this you got to do it like that or you know really push competitiveness no I want her to have fun I want her to do her her own thing. I mean, like, the only remote, like, dance dad thing he could have done is, like, 99% of my dance recitals. He, like, with the two studios I've been at, he's awesome. I work at Disney. I'm an audio tech. Can I run the audio for the show? And half the time, they're like, yeah, sure. So, like, that's, like, the only thing he's, like, he's just done the audio. So, it's, like, if I look at this, like, when I'm dancing, I just find the audio booth. And I'm like, okay, there's dad. That's cool. It's like when we're running off stage, yeah. stare at him. <laughs> so that's very cool. Yeah. Um, all right. If you had a side spin-off book, like one of the one of the other one of the other characters in the book, what would what character would you choose and what story would you have them do? Like animal wise? Like if we were in yeah. a book like an animal? Like, you know, what characters yeah, in the, the book? Uh we'll have a spin off. Honestly, I would do Jake and Spud, because it's yeah. like, you know that they're, they're like trying to mess with them. So it's like, I feel like I would make them have a reason to why they're messing with them. Like maybe mm-hmm. Jake, like maybe his parents weren't around that often. So they, he tries to push these kids, but he doesn't know how. So he like pranks them to, so they learn from their mistakes, find, go on adventures like Ricky and Frank did with the cave. Like, they find this cave, and then, like, at the end of the book, there's a giant dog skeleton chasing after them, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, did Jake and Spud know that was there? Did they know they were gonna go sneak out and do that? It's like, how much do you really know about the character? So, like, the same story from a, but from the from the bad guy's perspective. And, and who's to say they're really, really bad right? guys? They might just yeah. be trying you know. to push the... Yeah. Tail feathers it, it, to their full potential. It, it, it's it's almost like um, Cobra Kai that show. Yeah. Um. The, you know, we see the Karate Kid movies, and it's, you know, all from Daniel's perspective. Cobra Kai is the, the bad guys. Well, when we see the Cobra Kai show with Johnny, yep. well, we kind of see, well, maybe Daniel was a bit more of the bad guy than. Yeah. So I mean, it, I mean, it's a perspective change. I never really, I never really liked that kind of shallow, like two dimensional. You know, I, I kind of use you know bad guy as as a shorthand, right. you know, for for the characters, but like for the protagonist, you know, yeah, yeah, for 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 you know, Spud gets you know a meet the tail feathers, and you get to see some of his backstory, and you know maybe what has bring causing him to have kind of such an attitude at camp. Like he's got these pressures. His dad is kind of maybe absent and not, you know, he's a little mean. Right, right. He's a, his dad's also kind of a bully. So, you know, it just kind of spills from there. So I think everybody's got their own, their own unique backstory, their own reasons for doing that isn't just necessarily them being good or bad. So, you know, I, sorry if I use that shorthand, you know, no, no. Bit, but, no, um, I think for me, I would love to see um, spin off on, on the counselors. Oh, um, Edna, there's only one <laughs> that you're aware of that we're aware of. Yeah, but it's like right now there's only one, so it'd be counselor, counselor. I really struggle. Like, 
because you know it's a it's a camp and there's ranks that they advance through you know they start off as tail feathers and go up through like you know with j foot i think and and j crest with the other ranks and you know they can earn like the top badge it's kind of like in boy scouts right and so i really wanted to show that that it was an actual summer camp but then like it's really hard to like draw all these characters sometimes and and make it seem like it's an actual huge camp with all these scouts at it but like if you saw how many like if you were like in the bus scene in the very beginning where he's writing the super bear comic it's like when you look at it there's not that many kids on the bus so it's like you can tell it's a really small rundown camp old run by an old squirrel yeah. Like Edna's trying to keep these kids going while she's over here aging in the counselor's office. <laughs> aging in the counselor's office. Well, the, the, the other the other thing to be done too um, is maybe Edna doing campfire stories. She did. Oh, that's a good one. But yeah, but a whole book on uh, different yeah. camp campfire Just stories that campfire. she would tell on camp. Because she has the whole Blue Jay fire pit thing. Like, like, are you afraid of the dark? Sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that could be very fun. So, it could be very fun. Just see how we can scare the scare the scouts. I like it. Well, that's all the questions I have on my invisible piece of paper. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, I have this piece of paper. So, where can people find you online? So, I am not super social on social media. I have an Instagram. It's it's flimsy underscore robot is my Instagram handle. Okay. Or my website is flimsy robot. That was that was the kind of the when I would sell paintings and prints and things at arts and craft shows. That was that was my store name. And it just was a fun name, flimsy robot. I know I think of myself as a very poorly made robot. I break down <laughs> all the time. I don't need as much oil, you know, in my joints as maybe as maybe a robot does. But man, do I need to eat a lot of food? And whew, yeah, um, so those are the two main places to find me. Um, uh-huh. Order the Night J. You can pre-order it pretty much anywhere. I I always ask people to like think local, like find a local place to to order it from, like a local comic shop. Um, but you can get it on Amazon or Target or Barnes and Noble or all those good places, or even Top Shelf themselves, or even Top Shelf's website. So, if you're listening to this and it's not September 20th, pre-order now. If it's after September 20th, go check out all those places and see where see where you get the book. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for for joining us this week. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun, and it was a blast. Yep. Yeah, and uh, Zoe, keep an eye out for your cameo in a future book. Okay. <laughs> so, you gonna wrap us up? Crap. Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank again. Dude. Um, wait, how do I do it? I don't... I know, it's been a while. It's been again, like four we wanna, months. we want to thank John for, for joining us. Uh-huh. What else do I say? No pressure. Um... You see, the funny thing is, he's not even going to edit this out. He's going to be like, watch everybody. He watches. Let me watch Zoe just humiliate herself. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> that was your mic muted. <laughs> wait, no, it isn't. Dumb. <laughs> that was your mic you muted. Oh, wait. Oh. Look at the meter. Okay, now we're good. He's not allowed to say that. Uh, okay, come on. Thank I know you how for this. Listening. Wait, what? What'd you say? Thank you for listening. <laughs>
It's been so long, I forgot. So, thanks everyone for listening to Adventures in Geek. Bye for now. Hey, I remember that part. This has been a Weeby Geeks production.